Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Yokana's Vernacular. This is yours truly on third episode hosting tonight. We have a special guest. His name is Devante Lewis, and I'm going to let you guys hear a few of his different roles and titles. Well, hello there. Uh, my name is Devante Lewis. I'm the former student body president of McNeese State University in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Also former board member of the University of Louisiana system that oversees nine regional institutions in the great state of Louisiana. Um, and I am a speech and debater at heart. I have a, a national title and declination in 2008 <laughs> at the National Catholic Forensics um, and two more national titles in congressional debate and public forum um, from Pi Kappa Delta Honor Society. So uh, I'm glad to be here. Well, we're glad to have you here, Devante, on Yokana's Vernacular. Tonight, we're going to be discussing a lovely topic that's been in the news for perhaps maybe a week or two, or at least on social media, for a week or two, and that would be a Hobby Lobby decision that was made by the Supreme Court. Now, you've just given us a bunch of credentials that would verify why your you know, arguments and discussions are allowed to be talked about. So can you please give us some highlights on what's going on in this case's verdict as far as what's going on? Because I don't think our audiences know what's going on. Perfect. Well, this case, Hobby Lobby versus the Obama administration and the Department of Health and Human Services was off of their mandate that corporations would have to provide contraceptive and their health care benefits to their employees. Uh, now, Hobby Lobby is a, is a private-owned corporation. It's run by its family. It's always been in the family name. Um, and they sued the government saying that they objected to four specific types of contraceptives that would, were mandated. Um, and they said their religious beliefs um, should not – their religious beliefs, excuse me, would not allow them to provide that type of services that they felt violated their religion. Um, this court, this case made it all the way up to the Supreme Court, and in a 5-4 decision, uh, the Supreme Court agreed with Hobby Lobby that their religious beliefs would be violated if the government forced them to provide contraceptive for their employees. So uh, that's kind of the rundown of the case, uh, of basically what it means. So it says now closely held, family-owned corporations, in the in the opinion by, written by Justice Alito. Um, states that they are not mandated to provide contraceptives. So now there's a big debate on whether that's a slippery slope for corporations to say that they have religious beliefs against serving gay people, against vaccinations. Um, so there's all types of issues now that has come about from this case, but uh, it clearly divided the country. It's a divided. Most of the opinion polls showed that Hobby Lobby uh, was not right in their lawsuit and supported the government's stance, but the Supreme Court disagreed. Uh, so now we'll just have to wait and see um, what that means for future cases and future religious objections with corporations. Okay, so let's pause and put this on a Reader's Digest version as far as what this really meant and what this really said. So me interpreting what you just said pretty much was Hobby Lobby's um, family-owned. They literally did not want contraceptives being offered in their insurance policies to different um, plans for their employees. And that, that, That's correct. And they're entitled to doing so. They pretty much went to Supreme Court with that case, and they won. That, that is correct. 
they claim that it's a religious belief and within their religious beliefs they don't feel that that's a necessity perfect that's that is exactly what they said okay so a lot of a discussion that i've been seeing going around is pretty much that that would somehow constitute a female's body how 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 exactly is that argument being portrayed or even argumented i, I i'm not exactly seeing the correlation well, yeah, what, what people are trying to say and what people are saying is that, that these decisions uh, are, should be mostly held between a woman and her doctor, that the health plans that Hobby Lobby has themselves allow for Viagra, allow I've heard for, that a lot. Uh, vasectomies. I mean, so there's a lot of um, different procedures that are more in favor of men uh, that some would call contraceptive uh, that are allowed. However... For women, they're saying it's not. So they're saying the Supreme Court and Hobby Lobby are saying they get to decide uh, what type of issues women can have. And I mean, a lot of people think contraceptive is only about um, pregnancies, but there's a lot of research and a lot of studies that contraceptives actually help um, with the menstrual cycle, which could prevent uh, ovarian cancer. So there is some actual health issues besides birth control and birth issues uh, that contraceptives provide. So that's where some of that argument's coming from. Good to hear, and I agree. Um, With that, when when a company that you're working for says, um, we're no longer going to offer that within our insurance package, that doesn't mean that it's no longer offered in general in the United States, right? Correct. And and, 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 and to put the, the case back in context, one of the things that Justice Kennedy said in his opinion was the reason he voted the way he did is because the government has already made exemptions for churches and other religious organizations and said they would take up providing contraceptive for um, those Americans who work in a church affiliate schools, uh, private um, church services as a secretary or something like that. So he's argued that the government's burden um, still allowed them to provide it. Therefore, he saw no reason to force Hobby Lobby because women still had ways to get access and exactly for contraceptives in exactly other of ways. So that's that's kind of the the other side to the story. I I, I completely make that much more clear as far as what um what was going on. Is there any other sides or issues as far as what this case is dealing with or why it's such a popular topic? I think everybody's getting caught up in the women's health issue, which I think is extremely important. As you know, we're entering an election. Women are the most valuable voters right now, especially single women. They are the swing voters in every state, so they're going to make the difference. But I think something that a lot of people are missing that the Supreme Court actually talked about is defining whether or not a corporation is a person. They said a corporation has the right of an individual, according to the Constitution, to have the freedom of religion. So that is a, a different dynamic than we've ever seen from the court. I mean, we saw all the so court cases. Why can't a corporation behave like a person? Or should, what's your take? Well, well, uh, well I think it's, it's very dicey. I think a corporation clearly is not a, a, a person. It's a, most of the time it's a group of people. It's um, shareholders. Um, it okay, investments. that's logical. It's a lot of different reasons. So what this court case really does, even though the, the majority made it very clear in their opinion over and over again that this was a narrow ruling talking about contraceptives under the Freedom of Religion Restoration Act, um, and that it only applies to this. They can't 
use this court case to get against vaccinations are denied uh, gay and lesbian services or many other things. Um, I think it does open the door. I think Justice Ginsburg in her 35 page dissent hinted at this, that even though the court is saying, hey, this case is only limited, that the Supreme Court only works case by case. They don't work in this overarching policy. Right. There's never going to be a scenario where every company is going to mandate or state that, you know, um, contraceptives are no longer offered within health plans. Exactly. And what Justice Ginsburg was saying her worry is, even though we ruled this way in this case, who's to say what other case comes about and then we rule in favor for let's say chase bank and whether or not they have the freedom of religion okay so people aren't even thinking about that so it's a one case scenario does everybody who's reading this case actually work for hobby lobby or is everyone reading this case worried that that's how it's going to pan out for each case and that's not the point that's the purpose of the you know supreme court oh yeah to take each case differently opponents of this ruling are afraid that this is now a slippery slope. Walmart and Chase Bank and GM will be able to claim freedom of religion. And the proponents of the ruling are also thinking that this is an extreme victory for freedom of religion um, in corporations and in America when it really wasn't. It wasn't either of those things. It was a very narrow ruling that dealt with Hobby Lobby and the other 60 uh, personal held corporations that filed suit with Hobby Lobby. So this only really affects um, 61 maybe corporations. Uh, the interesting thing will come about is whether or not some other um, corporations that could somewhat fall in line maybe makes their way to the Supreme Court where they have to actually answer this question more broadly than what they did. Okay. Good to know. Okay, so as a college student, as fellow college students or former college students, congratulations, grad. Why should, why should our generation be interested about this topic or at least care about what's going on with this topic? You mentioned the well, fact that, you know, voting, is coming, voting season's coming up, but why else should? Well, I, I think there's a lot of reasons that we should be. First of all, we need to be an engaged citizenship of our generation. I mean, I think one of the worst things are is that we're not engaged. Let's, let's look at what we're celebrating. We're celebrating the 50th year of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. That act was passed because of young, black, white, Hispanic, Asian Americans in their 20s that rose up and said civil rights needs to be an issue. So, so on the, the big picture, that's why we should be engaged, because this is really going to define our generation. But this case, I think, importantly, deals with a lot of issues that will affect us. One, it gives more corporations rights, as I talked about. Corporations now have a big say in elections. They can donate to whoever they want, how much as they want, um, and really influence um, Senate races all across the country and governor's races and legislative races. So the corporation's rights versus our rights as individual people um, is, is one question. The second question when it comes back to uh, women's health, as you know, our, our generation is more accepting of contraceptives, no matter if we're Catholic, Baptist, or non-denominational, or atheist. We right. are a generation that believes more and more. Do what you want on your own time with your own money. Exactly. exactly. We are, so, so on the women's health issue, we are less likely to hold some of those more traditional values that um, you should just stay um, 
celibate until you're married and then and, and then only procreate um, when you are ready to have a child. Um, we don't think that way uh, anymore. So I think it's important, especially for young female voters, to understand um, their options in health care and, and what they can also do. I think it's also important for our generation to know exactly what the Supreme Court does. I think a lot of us are confused on their power. Um, a lot of people are calling this the end all, that the Supreme Court has the final ruling. And as a political scientist, uh, I, I get so frustrated by that notion. Did you just call yourself a political scientist, sir? <laughs> I, hey, I, graduated, I think I've earned the degree. I may not be a doctor, doctor of political science, but I am a Follow him on Twitter, at Devontae Lewis. He is a political scientist now, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Spitting knowledge. I think the Supreme Court's the final say-so, and it's actually the people. Uh, the Supreme Court can only say what's legal in the document that the people gave them. At any given point, uh, we can rise up and say, you know what? We want to say corporations are people, and they have the right to freedom of religion. It's within our means to make that in a constitutional amendment and override the Supreme Court. So I think a lot of people get caught up that, yay, it's over, the Supreme Court is answered. So for the proponents of this case and the opponents, the great thing is if you think the Constitution's outdated, if you think they are not paying attention to the First Amendment or the Third Amendment or, or any amendment, let's organize and, and, and ratify another amendment that makes your point constitutional at this moment. So. That's the important thing for everybody to realize. So that pretty much in short would be speak up, start doing something rather than speaking about something. And that's because our generation is the generation of proactivity. I also wanted to add that our generation is the generation that's going to be moving into these corporations. We've got a generation of people within these corporations that are getting ready to leave and retire and get out, you know, and I'm working in a corporation right now, and more than likely, I would want to get into a position, you know, that's moving up within these corporations. And I would like to have a say in what's going on within these corporations. So to be able to understand what's going on legally and what's going on in the news is very important. So keep up, keep reading. Um, moving on. Um, we This bothered me mainly because I saw it on Facebook, and I saw both sides on Facebook. I saw so many different discussions on how this should be handled on Facebook. With that ties in the recent um, you know, discussion on how Facebook itself as an entity, a social media entity, reported or had released that they used earlier in the year different, um, different methods of how they reported and changed statuses to affect people's opinions. So if people get their news from social media sites, it affects how they report and interpret information. How do you think Facebook debates, you know, affect how we interpret news, how we interpret how we feel about things? You know, give me some rapport on that. I, I, I think there's a positive and a negative. Clearly, social media is our generation. We love it. Um, I think we all go to sleep on our... That's how we read the news, Devante. Isn't that what we do? That is exactly. Uh, uh, um, most, of us are, most of us are getting our breaking news reports from, from checking our Twitter. Uh, so, so on the positive side, it's good because we are now interacting. It's not like our parents' generation where we had to sit on the, sit on the couch and wait for Walter Cron Cronkite to come on at 6 p.m. and tell us what's going on in the world. We get it as it happens, when it happens... Actually, sometimes we get it before it's even about to happen. We get a 30-minute notice that it's going to happen. 
But on the negative side, I think our generation is less independent research. So we see one friend post sometimes biased um, post or a status of how they feel about this case or what they think the president And then you got like five people liking or commenting, interjecting their opinions. That's the real story. I, I was on Facebook earlier and somebody was talking about how the president was talking about how there's crack in his pies and how this is the president of the United States. And I watched people say this is outrageous. And finally, I saw somebody else comment on the post saying, well, you do know that the president was joking and they laughed about it after. So that's the downside of it, is that we aren't necessarily getting a non-biased story. We're hearing bits and pieces of it. And then we write a status or we tweet our opinions about something and the way we feel or the what we think we heard. And now some of our friends who are more inclined to either listen to us or agree with our opinions are believing uh, some of these over-the-top charges. I mean, let's talk, I mean, the president being a Muslim. The president is from Kenya, and he is not an American citizen. These are some of the stories that actually got life because of social media, because one person talked, and everyone said, well, I heard he was a Muslim. So it, it, it's, it's negative, but the great thing is that we are engaged. I just hope we become more informed with our social media um, and start posting things that are actually factual, let alone just our personal opinions or some think tank that's partisan's uh, opinions that are being skewed by, by actual facts. I guess that's the problem when you give people authorship and the opportunity to, you know, post their real opinions as well as facts and what they want within a one entity share like and what have you. I mean, it, it provides for an opportunity for great discussion, great growth, and it also provides opportunity for skepticism and foolishness. Um, maybe it's because we were never really taught social media 101 or how to handle social media 101. I know as a journalist student, right now they have these courses, but the people and the majority of the people who use social media right now maybe never went through those types of courses. We're never going to get to an era where everybody takes these courses. I think we are. I think the younger generation are becoming more um, understanding. I guess my sisters, as they move into high school and, and into college, they're they're being taught in high school about be careful what you post on Facebook because your employees. I mean, back in, if we were searching for jobs about five, seven years ago, no one, would, even though Facebook was around, no one would have said, let me check on Facebook to see who this person really is. I mean, I've sat on search committees um, for, for my institution and for the board that I sat on. And some of the first things I do is I search Twitter and Facebook for the candidates just to see who they are, kind of get a feel Scope them out, what they do. You so, check their LinkedIn. Oh, no, wait, you yeah, don't use LinkedIn, LinkedIn, huh? So there wasn't a such thing as Googling somebody a, a few years ago to see if anything pops up, and, and now there is. So I think... That's the the side the, the downside for us is we weren't really taught what pictures we should put on or how we should frame discussions or insults. I mean, you can look at all the reality TV shows now, um, like Big Brother, that now everybody goes on their Facebook and finds out anytime they posted something racist or sexist or, or, or derogatory to some group, and now it's being used against them. So we have to be very careful about how we interact. It's a great tool. It's a it's a it's a easy way for us to stay involved and 
and and hear from our, our, our world leaders, from our celebrities, from our professors, even university presidents. But we have to be careful um, also, on the other hand, about what we say and do on these sites, um, even though we claim that everybody has that little thing on their Twitter handle, tweets are my own, but that doesn't mean uh, that will actually get you a job or stop somebody from not liking well, actually, fun fact, that clause is because larger companies are telling them to put that. A company well, that... Yeah, which is good. Which is good. <laughs> they're saying, yeah, if you're going to use social media and you're going to use our name in any way, you have to state that your thoughts and opinions are your own before you go out and start doing which, that. Which is good, because now everybody wants everybody to be accountable for that tweet. Uh, I mean, let's look at let's look at athletes, for example. When, when athletes make some homophobic comment, why are they always reaching out to the athletic director and the coach about why are you condemning this? Why aren't you? Why These are 20-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, they have a life of their own. It used to not be that way, but we want everybody now. We want somebody to be responsible for these tweets. So people are losing their jobs now because they tweet something derogatory or something that someone finds offensive. And the company has to deal with it now, so it's it's becoming a it's becoming a catch twenty two almost. Everybody wants to use social media, but everyone's skeptical. I mean, that's why for a while some companies were even requiring passwords to ensure that you were posting uh, decent things. Now, I know some states, Louisiana, just passed a law that makes that illegal, but it's a very hot topic right now. And it's just how do you find that balance? I think is the question that we all have to answer. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Okay, so we're going to wrap up Yokana's vernacular with one fun little activity. Usually, Yokana's vernacular goes along the five-topic rule where I pick five topics and I discuss five things within the week that I feel that people haven't heard about. So this was a hot-button issue within the week that we addressed. Devante, what's one topic within the past weekend that wasn't this one that you feel that people weren't listening to or talking about that we can discuss really quickly? I think a topic that is extremely interesting that a lot of people aren't covering is what's going on in Mississippi. Mississippi, the the state of segregation, the state of of, of just about anything that can go wrong will happen to Mississippi or is happening to Mississippi. How surprisingly black voters made the difference in a Republican primary and conservatives and some liberals are going crazy about it. And people forgot. And it, I think it shows, I, I mean, it's so interesting that we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Civil Rights Act uh, this month, where it started because blacks couldn't vote in Mississippi. And then there was the same very week that black voters made the difference in Mississippi. And it's, it's, it's a, a ironic 50-year turn that I think people aren't covering. They're covering the, the feud between the Tea Party and the conservative movement, which is an interesting topic in itself. But that, to me, is ironic how from 50 years from not being eligible to vote to making the difference in wow. is a clear... Wow, that definitely should be up there. That definitely should be up there. No disrespect at all, but I mean, if some different scandal were to hit the news tomorrow or if another kid were to die within some reason, that would hit the news. But, you know, 
race relations kind of get put on the back burner as far as newsworthy it, items, it, and I'm getting really tired of that. It, it's, it's amazing because it wasn't a Democratic contest. We're talking about a Republican contest. I mean, I remember Mitt Romney got 4% of the black vote. So we're talking about traditional or Democrats, uh, so to say, but these voters made a clear, clear difference in uh, this election, and no one's really covering it. Uh, and the, the ironic of the history, two uh, years later, making a difference in Mississippi. I don't know if Martin Luther King would have thought that would be happening. Well, let's 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 hope that that's a that's a positive. You know, fifty years took a while, but here we are. Progress, progression, moving on. That sounds awesome to keep going. Devonte, let's ask, what are you doing this summer, and what are your plans for um this fall? Well, what I am doing this summer is a relaxing, um, recharging kind of Devonte. Enjoying the summer. This okay. Is, this is rare. This is rare for me to kind of just hanging on the low line a little bit, but um, my plans for the fall are uh, hopefully um, working um, in the field of politics and education, have some, some, some items on the table, not ready to, not ready to release the final menu for dinner, but, uh, <laughs> but, we're, but, we're, but we're narrowing the choice. So I'll have to get another interview before I can ask what else is on the plate. Yeah, All yeah, right. We, we are, we are taste testing at the moment. What, uh, what entrees that's good that's good that hopefully we'll be making announcements soon on on the dinner menu that's good to hear well Yokana's vernacular and all of her audience thanks you so much for being a wonderful guest we hope that the audience learned something this evening if you didn't take anything from tonight Devante what what, what can we hope that these these listeners learned tonight if anything I think the, I think the most important thing to, to learn to Reader's Digest version. Calm, slow, easy. Is, is not declaration version. On social media, but stay informed with the actual facts. I think that, okay. that sums it up. Okay, Google. Yeah, social media, but stay informed to make sure your tweeting is, is accurate. That's legit. That's legit. Okay. All right. This concludes Yokana's vernacular, and have a great night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>